this is Holly. She's going to give a testimony instead. Hey, guys. Um, I really felt led to um, share my testimony. Last Sunday, I got in the river for the first time. And, um, oh, yeah. It's so simple. Oh, Lord, it's so simple. I just sat down and... She's so happy. (laughs) I sat down and the Lord began to just show me... um, He took me to a place, and here I've been thinking that I need, like, all this. I've been like, God, just do surgery. Just cut out whatever you need to cut out. And I've been thinking it's just going to be just a lot of, it's going to be a long time. It's going to be a long, drawn-out process. And I've been really afraid because just the thought of it would really overwhelm me in my mind. And um, so I sat down, and, and the Lord, I was laying on a table, like this stone table, and I was in a really, I was like on a hill, it was, there was grass, and, you know, the Lord just walked up, and he took my hand, and he said, Holly, you don't need surgery. And I sat up, and my head was like, it was so weird. My head was like a cabinet, like split down the middle, and he just opened my mind. And when he did that, five moths flew out of my head, and, and um, there was, like, dust and cobwebs. And so the Lord just took his hand, and he just cleaned it out. And then, you know, I realized... There's this spider, this huge trapdoor spider. I don't know if anybody's ever seen a trapdoor spider, but they, they kind of they're really creepy. They look like tarantulas, and um, it just perched itself. And I didn't realize I was standing beside the Lord at this point, looking at my own self. And the spider propped up, and he just looked at me and the Lord like, "I dare you. Just come on, just stick your hand in here. I can't wait to bite you." And so um, we walked over, and I was like, "God, I'm mean, like, Lord, how are we going to get these spiders out?" And so the Lord had this, like, I don't know if you guys have seen those solar-powered solar um, flashlights. It kind of it looks like this microphone, except it was silver. And, he, and he, we walked over and looked in my head, and I saw that there were babies and that this spider was protecting all these babies. And the Lord just spoke to me that that is fear. And that spider had opened a door for all this different kind of fear to, to paralyze me. That's what spiders do. They they bite their prey and they paralyze them and you can't move and all these webs have been caught and I've been praying God I can't receive I don't know how to receive and all those things were getting caught in those webs and I could not receive the Lord and I was like God what are you going to do he takes the flashlight and drops it down in my head and it hit the sole of my feet and when it did fire shot out to the top of my head and there was a torch and those spiders just flew up in ash God set me free in like seconds okay with fire and when, and then he closed my mind and he said my spirit is a consuming fire and when he said that my body began to shoot out a uh, fire started burning through my flesh and then I turned into like this silhouette of glass and behind the glass was fire that fire is the light God has set us as a light and his fire is is the light that radiates from us so this so that really encouraged me you know so then this morning before I woke up, um, I, the Lord started showing me a sea. He started showing me like this ocean. And there was fire shooting out of this ocean. And the Lord just said, you know what? My fire cannot be quenched by the river. You know? So it all correlates together. And, you know, he was talking, you know, this morning about the sea glass and the fire. I don't know if you guys have ever read The Torch and the Sword by Rick Joyner, but. I started reading it, and I quit reading it, but he talks about that that sea in there that, you know, he had an experience in heaven. And the Lord just showed me that this morning, that when we get in here, his his fire is consuming. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what's going on. Just come and just lay down. Okay, if you're afraid, 
Do it afraid, okay? It's okay. Because we're all afraid of something. That's where the enemy wants us. But just let yourself go. Let it go and receive in Jesus' name. And I just pray that God, if there's anybody here right now who is afraid, who feels like it's just an overwhelming thing, they cannot do it. God, you can do it. Your spirit is a consuming fire. And I release it in the name of Jesus because you did it for me and you'll do it for them. Hallelujah. Amen, Lord. Yes, Lord. More, Lord. We want more, Lord. More, Lord. We want to see more set free, Lord God. More set free, Lord Jesus. You have come for freedom. You have come to set us free, Lord. We have been robbed. We have been robbed from the freedom that Christ really died for, that He came for. And we have been robbed. But the Lord, we have, by His mercy and grace, stepped into that river whose streams make glad the city of our God. He is just overwhelming us. And for those of you who may be new, we're in this river. We are in this river. We're committed. We're not going back. We're going forward. We're pressing on. We're pressing in. We're pressing deeper. And we encourage you. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Come on and get in. So we're encouraging you just to be encouraged. Be encouraged today. Let the Spirit of God come and rest in you and just do the work that He wants to do in you today. Guys, I could not, I, I wasn't able to understand or receive how God loved me. When He did that, this week has just been nothing but love. It's amazing. I feel I've been praying for that whole spirit adoption thing. God, just I, I need to know that I, I'm yours. And this week, I understand what the blood is. I understand that I'm covered and that I belong. And it's, it, He done it, you know, instantly. So I had to testify for that too. So, Amen. I know that I'm loved. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and another thing we're committed to is for our children being in the river. And mine's up here kicking his brother in the head. But uh, before, before they're released, I'd just like for all the children to run up here. Just come up here and fill the front real quick. Come on, guys. Gabe, come up here with me. Come on, all you kids, all you children of the king, come on up here. Just sit down. Gabe, come here. Y'all just sit down right here. Just face face me. Yeah. Now, everybody, all the adults in here, you see all these beautiful kids. They're all awesome. And um, there's a tremendous um, spiritual insight that we have to receive from them. Okay? So, um, Gabriel had a dream night before last. And, Gabriel, what did you see in your dream? Um, I was um, sleeping in... The night um, I, I, in my dream, I saw some angel, angels. Yeah, he saw some angels, and he was telling about it. Now, I want to I ask you kids, how many of you guys have seen angels, either in your dreams or not in your dreams while you're awake? There's a lot of hands. I know you guys can't see them. But uh, what I want to do right now is, is um, I, just wanna, I just want the rest of us adults just to stretch out our hands here and just pray for the fire of the Holy Spirit to fall upon these kids. This is the thing. It's not 
a junior Holy Spirit or a junior Jesus that you guys have. It's the real thing. It's the real thing for them. And so, Lord, we are praying. We ask you to just release, release more of your Holy Spirit. Release more of the fire of God upon each one of these children, Lord God, that you would just take them on into your river, Lord God. You captivate them, Lord. You would capture them. You would consume them, Lord God. You would consume them with your fire, Lord God. You release more, more, more of yourself in and through them, Lord God, that they would never be the same. They would never be the same. They would be a generation that would change the world and would not be changed by the world, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Um, I just, um, today, uh, I just, um, when I got up, I, um, I just, uh, I wanted to just say this. We were at the nursing home the other day with my grandmother. And my grandmother said, how you been doing, Gabe? And we didn't know about this him seeing angels thing. And she, he said, good, I saw an angel. Matthew and I looked at each other like, he didn't tell us that. And he said, and she said, really? And he said, yeah, in my dream last night. And this other lady walks in the door and said, did, I say, did you say you saw angels? And he said, yeah, in my dream. And they were white. And she said, she said, my daughter, I think it was, her granddaughter, she just told me the day before he had, the day before that, that she had seen angels in her dream. She was about six years old. And it was the night before Gabriel had said that. And she came in and she was just, she was just overwhelmed and just, she was, it was funny because I was talking to her. I said, it's not a junior Holy Spirit. It's not a, and she goes, oh. And I thought we were going to have a woe-in service right there in the middle of the, in the nursing home. But the Lord is real. And Lord, bless these children as they go. In Jesus' name, let them have a great time and bless the teachers. I just, I just want to real quick say, you know, this talk about angels coming back. When I, w- I just got back from a business trip, and I had a morning where I was sitting out on the porch, and it was my last day, and I got up early so I'd have some quiet time with the Lord, and I had finished a book called Open My Eyes, Lord. Oh, yeah, and it talks about angels and angelic visitations and all this stuff. So I was sitting there on the porch and on this balcony, and I was just sort of had my hands out to the Lord, and I was praying, Lord, I just want to hear angels' wings. I just want to know about angels. I want to see them. I want to hear them. I want to, you know, I really want to press into what this book was talking about. Sarah Ruth had recommended it to me, and I was really asking him for that. And I was shocked back into reality when birds landed in front of me. So I really felt like I got the sound of angels' wings, and it was really sort of bizarre because... I was really in with the Lord, and all of a sudden it was like just this shock back and this bird sitting there looking at me, and I thought, you scared me to death. And I turned around and walked into my room, and I had left my sliding glass door cracked, and one had gotten in there, so it flew flew right past my head. So that's what I heard was two of them. So that was really, I think the Lord saying, you want to hear them? Here they come. So I have to sit because my legs are kind of weak these days. And going through total humility and humbleness will do that to you, like the Lord did a Wednesday night. The Lord just really brought to my mind to ask a question. That's um, if you're not getting in the river, why not? 
if it was like me and you're afraid of what man might think, yeah, that's, that's pride. And there's no room for, for God and pride in the same place. And no man holds your next breath in his hand, so don't fear, don't fear man. But Tuesday, I reluctantly came here again, or Wednesday, to break through. And uh, when Becky started playing, I decided I'm just going to go lay down and receive. And I did. And um, the Lord just did some some big things in my life and um, that I can't speak about because I can uh, communicate better with writing than words or writing than vocalizing it. So I wrote this down Thursday and Friday. And uh, the Lord was gracious to me first first service. I didn't cry a tear when I was up here, but I've been crying since Wednesday night. So I think I'm about dried up. And it don't matter if I do because there's... No pride here. But this is what I wrote. God is full of grace and overflowing with mercy. His footsteps are soft as he walks beside us. He carries us when we can't take another step. He is Abba, Daddy, who gently whispers in our ear, Don't be afraid, I am with you. His glory is piercing, and one tiny glimpse of his holiness will bring the strongest, most prideful of men to their knees with unconditional trembling and tears. I lay on my back soaking, receiving a download from God as to why I was here. Doug and Marling were shouting praises to God. Becky was leading us to the throne, and countless others were moving towards the river. The water is fine tonight, and the voice of the Lord is on me. After a period of time, his voice got quiet. On any other night, I would claim success and hop up, but tonight, I wanted more. I stayed on my back with my arms stretched out and pleaded, God, I want more. Show me your glory. In his silence, I, my plea continued for quite some time. My eyes opened, seemingly without my intervention, and watched as it appeared my prayer was being answered. My constantly racing mind stopped. He took my mind out of it. Faceless people were stopping by to pray for me. Drool was collecting on the left side of my mouth, and my ears were filling with tears. On the ceiling above the amps, clouds came into view. They were not unbelievably beautiful, just different, and I knew they were the boundary between me and what I longed for. As I watched, the clouds started moving in a random fashion, and soon after, I could see flashes of lightning within them. The cloud's randomness came to order as if told to do so. An opening appeared, allowing what I knew to be ascending angels to enter the realm above. I knew they were carrying prayers from those in the river. The angels had no wings or human form. A shape of pure light contained to itself did not illuminate its surroundings. Several, maybe 10 or 15, traversed the opening before it closed. The clouds returned to randomness and the cycle repeated itself two more times. The clouds became more active, as did the flashes of light. The awe and wonder I had been resting in was slowly becoming the safest absolute fear I had ever known. The clouds opened and came to attention with absolute stillness and respect. 
I wasn't sure I could endure what was coming, but I was sure I could do nothing about it. As I looked intently at the opening, a dim, translucent light came out at a 30-degree angle. It did, not stay, it did not stray from its origin, and it quickly returned. My natural mind came to life for just a moment with disappointment. Is that it? Is that the glory of God? Quickly came and left my mind. I realized my body was working hard to bring in air and get it shaking under control. My soul knew the light in a way my mind could not understand. It recognized the glory of its creator, and my soul took its appropriate action that my frozen body could not follow. My soul arched to the ground and sang, Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. My body could just drool, cry, and quiver. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. <laughs> the dimness and brevity of the light spared my life. The Lord revealed only what I could handle. The pride that I lay down with at the beginning of worship had been replaced with unbelievable humbleness. And Anne, Stepanek even had a vision of the Lord taking stuff out of him and putting stuff in. And that was, he was taking out pride and replacing it with humbleness. The least of his holiness is unapproachable. His glory is flesh-destroying. My life will never be the same, and I am definitely desperate for more. Because mm. it is so good. But you got to get in the river. You've got to get in the river. You've got to get in the river. Like Holly said, just just do it. Yeah, I was afraid. What are people going to think if I start floundering around on the floor? What are they going to think? It don't matter. Don't miss it. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Let me say it one more time. Get in the river. Let's give Ken a hand for doing that. Amen. Yeah. Speaking of getting in the river, Life in the River Special Edition just went out Friday in the mail. If you've been receiving these by mail, you also received this one, but it just went out Friday, so you may not have it yet. How many people have already gotten it? Okay, wow, a bunch of people. Who has not been getting one of these? Or maybe you're new or whatever, you haven't been getting one of these. Okay, I'm going to get them to you. Byron, you want to come on up? <clears throat> so, the truth is, you really don't... Everybody's already preached my message. I could just quit, man. <laughs> uh, who didn't get one of these? Who doesn't have one of these? Here you go. Raise your hand. Anybody else want one of these? You don't want one? Well, heck, you can have one. They're free. Raise your hand if you want one of them. Hey, I learned something recently. This is what I learned. 
Somebody's writing on my stuff. <laughs> if you sit down, you stay in. I, if I sit down, I cannot uh, get so out, so out of control. <laughs> I was way out of control. All right, let's talk about this. Hebrews one seven. Get off of it. One seven. All right. Here we go. Church on fire. Everybody, look at this. See that? Somebody that came out of the prayer room. That's what I want to talk about today. Is church on fire? That was a good testimony, Holly. All right. Uh, Hebrews one seven. And of the angels, he says, "Who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire?" Everybody say flame of fire. So, um, what I want to do is report to you some things the Lord's doing. Is one the Lord is really is releasing releasing angelic activity in our church right now. That was a great testimony. Who said that about the angels? Everybody. <laughs> Who didn't? Yeah. Well, this was what. God, I can't remember. I'm in trouble. Gabe. Yeah, I didn't know about Gabe's little visitation. Um, last Saturday night, you know, we had the breakthrough meeting. It was really good. And um, during the meeting, Jim had a word about this angels that were in this boat splashing around in the water. And the person who had the vision was asking me about it. I didn't know. I have no clue what that means. And, but Jim gave the interpretation. And the interpretation was this, back in the late 1790s, over uh, Cheryl's Ford uh, near area near Denver, there was a move of the Holy Spirit, uh, which was a precursor to the Second Great Awakening. That's happened right in you know right down the road here. Uh, the Second Great Awakening uh, greatly influenced the direction of our nation. It saved our nation really, and uh, it there was this visitation of the Lord here. And those angels were excited because the Lord was beginning to move again in this area. Okay, that's why they were acting up in the river there that, that's flowing. And so God really is beginning. And then, then uh, Sarah, Sunday morning, had a vision of angels that were surrounding the room. And these, she was prophesying how these angels were sent here to protect us, that we were in a safe place. And they were going to protect you know, what God wanted to do here. Um, and then Wednesday night, of course, Ken had his big angelic visitation. That's powerful, isn't that what he shared? Isn't that wonderful? That's real. Um, but there was another lady who was here visiting who goes to a church that wouldn't even put up any of this stuff going on around here. But she had a vision. And what she saw, she saw the roof of the building open up. And she saw, she said, I was sitting here, I was just seeing into the stars, and I saw angels standing around on the top edge of the walls. And they were all dancing. Uh, doing an uh, angel dance. So the Lord really is sending these ministers flames of fire. What Holly shared, the Lord put a fire in her. And that's really what God wants to release. God wants to release His fire. Now what happened to me I'm, uh, in that meeting on Saturday night, I was over here on the floor just enjoying the Lord. Okay, And I had a vision. And I had a vision of this. Okay, right here. But it was our church building instead of that church building. And the flames were literally 400 to 500 feet tall, which is not a natural flame, you know, because this building doesn't have enough fuel in it to burn a flame that high. And when I was sitting there looking at it, the Lord spoke to me. He said, what you're doing is important. That's what he said to me. And I said, 
how can this be important, Lord? <laughs> We're just sitting here having a great old time, and how can this be important? And the Lord said, I want to start fires like this all across the United States. I want, I want to start fires all across the United States. I want to bring revival and spiritual awakening to this nation. That, what we're doing is important. It may seem foolish to the natural man, but it's important. God wants to save our nation. And God has called us, believe it or not, He's called us to be a part of the revival that He wants to bring to this country. And He's asking us, He's calling out for us, are you willing to be a place where I can release my fire? Are you willing to be a person where my fire can burn in you? Are you willing to be that person? And he's really serious about it. This is a serious word the Lord's bringing. And we have to make a decision. Are we willing to allow the Lord to, to bring that fire? Um, this is what Jesus said in Luke 12, verse 49. I came to send fire on the earth. I came to send fire on the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. So the Lord really has this, this heart of fire that He wants to release to us. He has this fire that He wants to get in us. He wants to make this church a place of fire. When the Lord first started moving here back in October, I had two people who gave me prophecies. I shared how they got up my face and screamed at me. <laughs> they, turned, they turned the tide on me. I can see y'all wondering. I'm thinking, man, I'm breeding some bad preachers here in this room because I'm out here screaming at Carol, and now they're screaming at me. <laughs> Jackie was one of them right in my face screaming at me, shaking her finger at me. But she said, I see the, this fire, this bonfire. It's a huge fire. It's not just a small fire. It's made with, made with logs, timbers, and it's going real high. She, so, you see, what I was seeing uh, that last Saturday night, a week ago Saturday night, Jackie saw, saw then. And that's really what the Lord wants to do. He wants to set us on fire. And then the other word was this other person, this lady screaming at me, uh, Joshua 1.3, which says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Every place. That, in other words, what the Lord wants to do is the Lord wants to bring a fire, and He wants us to take the fire. Bring the fire and take the fire wherever we go. God's given us that if we want it. It's a gift from God. If you want the fire, God is saying, I'll give you the fire, and I'll give you the fire where you can take the fire wherever you go. And, and, and really what we're beginning to see little by little is God is beginning to use us in other places, little by little. Some, you know, you can't just go in other places and scream that like a fool. Like, you know, you can't hear, you know. <laughs> well, I can get away with it here, but you can't just go do that anywhere. You've got you to sort of fit in with their thing and find a way to slip, slip in there. But God is very interested in spreading the fire. He's very interested in using us. And what we've got to do is we've got to get it in our heart that this is what God's called us to do. And this is what the Father's house vision is all about. It's about a place of fire. That's what it's all about. It's about a place where God can, can rest His fire in a place and burn His fire in a place. And He's looking for places like that. This is what's going to save our nation. Let me read Romans 4, verse 5 to... Or not Romans, Revelation 4, verse 5. Uh, this is what... Now, this is one of these, these Revelations chapters. This is a heaven perspective right here. He said, it says, and from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, thunderings and voices. And if you think about a couple places in the Bible where it says uh, they, the Lord spoke out of heaven, uh, this is my beloved, and some says some said it thundered. Uh, when Paul saw that flash of light on the road to Damascus, they, people didn't, they thought it thundered. They heard a noise. They didn't hear the voice of God. But God is, wants to release that. He wants to release that kind of thing because that's what's, that's what's that's what's in the heavenly realm. But then it says there were seven lamps of what? 
Seven lamps of fire, okay, were burning before the throne of God. There's this fire that's burning before the throne of God, which are the seven spirits of God, okay? So heaven is full of fire. Heaven's got fire everywhere. We, I'll read that other scripture we read a few minutes ago about the fire mingled on the glassy sea worship. There's this fire in heaven that God wants brought to the earth, that He wants released to the earth. And, uh, and the Lord's called us to that. I got a, when I was in Toronto, I got a, received a prophetic word. As, was, you're supposed to be a firebrand. In other words, you're supposed to, you know, a brand, you stick it in the fire, and you had to take it somewhere and touch other people with this fire. That's what God's called us all to do. He's called us all to be that. We can all be that if we choose to be, if we want to be, because God's fire is for everybody. So um, let me go and read 1 Kings 18, verse 30 through 39. I, if you remember, I talked about this a few months ago, a few weeks. Are you all good? I'm, I'm, trust me, I'm behaving myself right now. I decided I went way over the top earlier. Yeah, yeah. Then Elijah said to all the people, Now I want you to get this. All right, I want you to get this really. I want you to get it clear in your heart right now. Those, three, those four words. Come near to me. Everybody say that. Come near to me. That is what God is saying right now. Right now, God is saying that. Right now. You can hear Him saying it if you'll tune in. Come near to me. It's a time to come near to the Lord. Right now is a time. Right now is a time. This is what God's doing. He's saying, come near to me. Now, you're going to have to make a decision. Are you willing to come near to the Lord? It takes a little bit of humility to come near to the Lord, I hate to tell you. Now, I don't hate to tell you. I'm glad to tell you. But listen... So all the people came near to Him. Are you coming near to the Lord today? Are you responding to the Lord? And let me just tell you this. Now, I want you to get this one too. When the Lord says, come near, He has a prescribed way of coming. You have to come on God's terms, not your terms. God doesn't really care about your terms. He doesn't care what you think, really. He, I mean, your, what you think and the way you want to approach God means nothing to God. God says, this is the way it's going to be. This is what he said to Israel, okay? My son, Jesus of Nazareth, is the way you're going to come to me. They rejected him. Okay? They rejected that man, Christ Jesus. But did, did that phase God? Did God say, well, I'll do it another way? No, he didn't. He said, no, this is it. This is the only way you're going to come near to me. Let's see this person. You see, God's saying the same thing today. You, if you want to come near to me, you're going to come on my terms. You're going to come in my way. And if you, don't, if you don't come like that, you don't get to come. Now, he offers. The Bible says, Jesus said, if any man desires, any man, every person, if any man desires, if any man thirsts, so you've got to have a desire, you've got to have a thirst to come. You, you see what I'm saying? There has to be a thirst in you. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, do you have spiritual thirst? A lot of people don't. A lot of Christians don't have spiritual thirst. And this is what Ruth Ward Heflin said. Y'all know who Ruth Ward is, don't you? Ruth Ward Heflin was definitely a girl that could got, have some stuff, man. But she said the church has lost its saltiness. And therefore, people are not interested in God. There's no thirst in people for God because the church has lost its saltiness. Well, one thing the Lord was showing me the other night, He was showing me that He was trying to resalt us. Okay? And this is how He showed me. 
He showed me a country ham. Y'all know what country ham is? Country ham is salty. I'm talking about salt-cured ham. And I saw a salt-cured ham. And the Lord said, I'm trying to re-salt you. Because when you eat country ham, it makes you thirsty, right? You want, that's why you don't eat country ham at night. Because if you eat country ham at night, you'll be up all night drinking water. Because you just have this unquenchable thirst. Well, the Lord really wants to do that. That's what He's doing right now. He's trying to re-salt us. In the Bible, biblical days, they took wineskins, literal wineskins, that were used, and they, could, they would take those wineskins and soak them in a vat of salt water. And then when they soaked them for a while, they, they would salt them. And that's what the Lord's been doing. He's trying to salt us so He can do something fresh and new in us. And then when they finished salting them, they'd rub them in oil. And then they could pour new wine into the, to the wineskin and they wouldn't blow apart. And that's really what God's trying to do right now. He wants us, when we speak to people and we minister, it produces a thirst in them. They get, they just like when you eat country ham, they got this thirst and this desire in them that they didn't have before. And that's really what God wants to do with the church. That's what the fire will do. That's what God wants to do to save our country. The world rejects the church because we're not speaking salt to them. We've lost it. And He said, I'll give you salt again. I'll renew you. I'll refresh you. That's what He's doing. That's what God's doing. And He's saying, come near to me. Come near to me. And I can do this in your life. I'll make you salty. I'll make you salty. And people will thirst for me. And when that's all it takes, once a person has a thirst, they're in. They just drink and they get. Are y'all good? Yeah. All right. And it says, uh, he said, come near to me. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. The church in America is broken down. The church in America is broken down. And the Lord wants to repair the church. That's what he's doing. He wants to fix us. He wants to fix us personally, and He wants to fix us as a body, and He wants to do that all over. That's what those churches are on fire. That's why it's important. And you may not like the way God fixes you until He starts fixing you. You know, but when you start, He starts fixing you, you're going to love what God's doing. You're going to enjoy what God's doing. It's pleasant. It's wonderful. I guarantee you, Ken would tell you that was a very wonderful experience he had. Okay? Wouldn't you say that, Ken? But if you could see Ken's face over there, okay, when he was doing it, I'm telling you, this is Ken. His hands were like that. He was frozen to the floor. God was doing something in his life that was pretty profound. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, he goes on. And that's what the Lord's doing right now. He's trying to repair the broken down people of God. The broken down church. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. That's pretty good right there. If we really wanted to get into that. Who's your what you know, who are you? That's where you find your you find your true identity in the river. You want to know who you really are? You want to find fulfillment in your life? Get in the river. That's where you're going to find it. That's what Jacob did. He got in Jaboke. He crossed into the Jaboke. He jumped in that old Jaboke thing. You know, that was the Jaboke thing. He was all messed up. And guess what happened when he got in there? The Lord changed his name. The Lord revealed himself to him and called him, you're going to be Israel from now on. Everybody at CSM knows that one. Um, then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the large altar large enough to hold two seas of seed. 
And so that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to build us as an altar in His name, to His name, for His name, for His glory. And He put the wood in order. Everybody say wood in order. order. All right, here's what the Lord said to me this morning. This is great. You know what an airhead is? Airhead. It's somebody who ain't got anything between their two ears, right? No, I ain't saying this about him, but he knows. Well, this is what the Lord did. The Lord came and blew in my ear. I felt air go in one ear, and I felt air go out the other ear. You know, that's a bad thing. You airhead. You ain't, there's nothing in there. And that's a good thing, though, in one sense. But the Lord was saying, a black, as a blacksmith blows on the coals. A blacksmith, that's what he was doing. He was blowing on the coals. He was blowing, and you see, in my mind, in your mind, there's lies. There's unbelief. There's all kinds of stuff in there, memories, things that shouldn't be in there, things that God never wanted in your mind. You saw stuff you shouldn't have ever saw. You've done stuff you should have never done, and it gets better in the resident memory that you have. And God was blowing. He said, I want to blow in your mind, and I want to burn up that wood, hay, and stubble inside of you. I want to blow it. I want to blow and blow and let the fire begin to burn in there and burn that stuff in you up. Burn those thoughts in you that shouldn't be in there. Burn those desires in you that shouldn't be in there. God can do that for you. God wants to do that for you. That's what He was doing. He was throwing the wood out there. We're going to burn the wood. We're going to set fire to this wood. And that's what he was, He's going to do when He sets fire to a person. So she had spiders in her head. That was pretty profound what she shared, actually. And God dropped a flashlight down inside of her, and it started a fire in her. I mean, you know, God gives us pictures of things that we can relate to. But it had an impact on her life and burn up fear in her life. And that's pretty, pretty powerful. Don't you want something like that? God to cut the top of your head off and drop something down in there and all the spiders, all the fear, all the junk that's in you. That's what He wants to do for people. For me, He blew in my old airhead. <laughs> you know, you old dumb boy, I tell you, I'm just going to blow in there. Oh, it just happens not to be in there in between. <laughs> I'm good with that, actually. I think, I think I like that, Lord. That's the way you want to do it with me. Blow on, Lord. Then uh, with the stones, uh, he built this altar. No, I've already said that. Verse 33, and he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces. Now, I believe that could speak of a lot of things, bull, but it speaks of natural strength. Okay? This thing is not about the natural strength. I tell you, people need to get this revelation about the finished work of cross of the cross. Okay, it's finished. It's done. There ain't nothing else to do. It's a finished deal. And we've got to get this revelation. It ain't what we do. It's what He's already done. And see what has happened in the world is the world has has got the church to believe in something about the cross that's not even right. The cross is finished. The work's done. He's finished it. It's established. And all we've got to do is believe in that and tap into that thing that He said. In fact, the Lord said spoke to Becky recently and said, I died for this river. People don't believe it, and that's why it makes me mad when people won't get into the river, because really, the river came out of Jesus' side when he was stuck with a sword. And people, Emmanuel was saying, people who resist it, especially Christians who should know better, should be disciplined, I think, personally speaking. But that may not be the Lord, but I just that's my personal opinion. I just feel like when people don't get it, I think, well, you know, the Lord died for you. He died that you could enjoy His river. He died that you could enjoy these living waters. This is what He died for. And we just are refusing it. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. You hear me? That's wrong! 
Jesus died for you. He allowed some person to stick a sword in his eye. For you to sit back and refuse it is just refusing the finished work of the cross. Now, we need to get that settled. And I'm not ashamed of what God's doing. I'm not ashamed of it, and I'm glad He's doing it. And if people mock you over it, forget them. Who cares what people think? What does God think? God hung a cross for us. And the church needs to wake up. We believe the version of Christianity is not even in the Bible anywhere. You can't find that version of Christianity that is, is powerless. There's no life in it. It's just sitting in church. It's just doing nothing. That's not true. There's a power in this. The water of life, the last thing, the last invitation in the Bible. Get this. The last invitation was this. The Spirit and the bride say come. The Spirit and the... Now, we got the... Uh, well, the Holy Ghost. What about the bride? What's the bride saying? It should be saying that. We should be saying come. Oh, uh, well, I, I don't believe... I, I don't believe God would do that. Forget that mess. The bride should be saying, just come on. This is what God has. Get in it. Get in God's river. It came from His throne. Get in what God's doing. Come on. We should be doing this instead of letting the religious spirit talk us out of it. Fear of men faces. Anyways. Yeah. And then he said, uh, blah, blah. Yeah. Fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt office and on the, and on the wood. Oh, yeah, the river of life poured on the wood and hay and stubble. And then he said, do it a second time. Get in the river a second time. And a third time. Just keep getting in, keep getting in, keep getting in. So the water ran all around the altar. That's what needs to be happening. The church, the water of God needs to be all over the place. It just needs to be, we need to walk in church sloshing. Uh, God, we're going to have to start wearing waders to church. Spiritual waders because water's everywhere. It's a mess in church. The carpet's ruined. It's full of water. The good water. The Holy Ghost water. You know? That's what we want. Come on, Lord. Uh, so the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. Anybody got trenches in their life this morning? I'm talking trenches. I'm talking about bad trenches. I'm talking about stuff that's been dug into you. Hurt. Uh, trench mouth. Anybody got trench mouth? Y'all know what trench mouth is. When I was a kid, there was this disease called, or, you know, thing they called trench mouth. There was. It was something in medical name. You can look it up. It's medical. They call it, doctors call it trench. That's some scientific name. But I think it's like people who have bad mouths. They complain a lot, or they criticize, or they refuse what God's doing, or they cuss a bunch, or say nasty things. It's trench mouth. It's a tongue that's been in the trench of life, in the trench of the world. Well, that's water needs to get on your tongue. And I found out this morning when I said that, there was somebody in here suffering with a rash in their mouth. I'm thinking, Lord, I'm glad I didn't know that. <laughs> then I couldn't have said what I just said. So if you got trench mouth this morning, let the Lord heal it. The water of life will heal it. Are y'all good? All right, so the water ran all over the altar and he filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Maybe we're in the evening. You hear what I'm saying to you? Maybe we're in the evening time. Yeah, it's dark in the evening. 
that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let this be known this day that you are God of Is- God in Israel, and I am your servant. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Notice he didn't say Jacob. Israel. That's powerful. Israel. He called him Israel. Instead of the God of Jacob, he was saying God of Israel, the new person, the person who you really are. Uh, hear me, O Lord, and hear me that this people will know that you are the Lord God and you have turned their hearts back to you again. That's what the Lord wants to do with the fire. He wants to turn the heart of our nation back to God. Our nation was born in a revival. That's how this nation came into being. It was a revival that made this nation. We wouldn't be a nation today without the revival. That's how the United States came into being. It wasn't just a revolutionary war. People think that, but study the real history. It was the first great awakening. And out of that first great awakening, there was an anointing that came for independence and freedom. The first great awakening started 30-something years before the, the Declaration of Independence was signed. There would be no Declaration of Independence without revival. There would be no United States of America today without revival. We were a country that was born in a revival, a move of the Holy Spirit. The people who first came here to America, to settle America, were literally missionaries. They weren't just a bunch of hoodlums. They were missionaries. That's our nation's spiritual roots. And we've, we've drifted. Our nation has drifted. And so God wants to build this huge fire here in this church and in other churches all across this nation. And that is what is going to turn our nation again. That's what God has called us to do. That's our vision. That's our death. That's our purpose. And God is saying, I want to use you to do that. Now, you're going to have to get to believe in something. You may not believe God can use you to do that. Because when He began to speak to me about it, I was thinking, what? You're crazy, Lord. I mean, how can you use an airhead, Lord? You know? How can you use me to do that? We're talking about saving our nation. That sounds sort of lofty and big, doesn't it? But that's exactly what God's called the body of Christ to do. That's what He's called the bride to do to change this nation, to turn this nation around. And that's really what we have to do. And it says, you know, um, I'm not doing very good at this. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord, that people may know that God is the Lord in America again, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. That's what his his intentions are for, for the United States. There's people in this room, your hearts need to be turned back to God. Sitting here right this minute, your heart has drifted from God. After the first service, there was this person I prayed for, and that's what they told me. They, I, they said, I don't have a desire for God. This is a Christian. I do not have a desire for God. I'm not thirsty for this. That's what they said. I said, you got spiritual thirst? They said, no, not for this, I don't. I have no taste for this. I said, well, guess what you've been doing? You've been drinking poison water. Yeah, you've been drinking the wrong and it's fooling you. It's, ma- it's making you think you're satisfied. And that's what the church has done for years is drink from the wrong river. And we think we're satisfied while the country's just falling apart around us. Falling apart around us. And so people are putting all their stock in, like, you know, the things, you know, building this American dream thing or whatever. 
And I'm saying, well, guess what's going to happen to the American dream if this country don't turn back to God? They won't even be a country to have an American dream in because we're going to be overrun by bad things, terrorism, whatever. We are going to be, you know, that, that's going to be our destiny if we don't choose God's destiny for us. We're going down. And, it, and it's not meant to be because we're not through. Yeah, help us, Lord. And, but the Lord will give people that thirst. He will give them that desire if they want it. If they come to him and get get real with him, well, thank you, Lord. That person started having a breakthrough because they were they were having a breakthrough because they were getting truthful with themselves. They were saying, "I, you know," because the last time I talked to them, and you know what they said to me? There's nothing wrong with me. That's what they said. There's nothing wrong with me. I said, "Yes, there is. <laughs> There's something real wrong with you." If a Christian says they have no thirst for God, there's something bad wrong with them. Uh, hear me, O Lord, uh, that this may be people know, may know. Then, in verse 38, the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust. All that dust was flying, and, and, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. See, in a sense, God's thirsty for His own water. That's what it says right there. The fire that He wants to release is it's just going to go after this water, this water of God. It's, it's just going to lick it up. That's what he wants to do. So when you get the fire in you, guess what you're going to desire? When you get, I'm talking, when you get Holy Ghost fire in you, you're going, to, you're going to want that river. You're going to want it. It's going to put it in you. It's going to cause you to thirst for it. That's what God wants to do for you. He will light you on fire, and you're going to get real thirsty for this river. You're going to want it. You're going to desire it. Other things are not going to satisfy you any longer. Things that used to make you happy and fulfill you suddenly will be just not so good to you anymore and now the people saw it they fell on their faces and they said the Lord he is God the Lord he is God you know Wednesday night Bollinger girl Sarah Bollinger got fire on her she got fire on her so bad that they on about to tear up the sound system <laughs> and she got her off finally they got her off the stage and then the fire got on Becky that's what God wants to do that's why remember I said the angels are ministers of fire they are helping bring the fire. I don't care what you think about this. Okay? It doesn't really matter if you disagree with this. But I'll tell you something, that fire is real. Now, I get that fire in my hands sometimes, but to me, the way it is for me, I don't feel a little burning. I feel like electricity flowing through me without the shock. But it really feels weird. Okay? That's the way it feels. like. I mean, that feels weird. You just want to shake it off. That's the way you feel like, ah! You know, you know that feeling. It's, that's fire. You put your hand in fire, you're going to shake it all. That's the way it feels like, ah! God wants to do that for people. You may never feel it because the feelings are not important. By faith you receive it. But God wants to give His people fire. And I believe He wants to let some people feel some fire. We're talking good fire. We're not talking about bad fire. All right, I want to read that one again that Andy read earlier. Just to emphasize Revelations 15 too. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with what? That's heaven. That's the kind of worship the Lord wants to release. That's the vision for worship. It's the congregation rising up in worship. Okay? But they got a fire on because that's what makes congregational worship work. It's not about having a band up here. Listen, forget the band stuff. We talked to a guy the other night. You know what he said? What did he say? This guy had never done... We did. This guy had never done soaking music in his entire life. Okay, this is crazy. <laughs> and this other kid has never done soaking stuff neither. And he said, well, we're going to soak tonight. 
we're thinking, oh gosh, how are we going to soak? This is the Lord, okay? So this keyboard player who's been down there and played the keyboard down there, huh? With the band many times, and he's a really great keyboard player. He did the keyboard thing. This other kid, David, y'all, some of y'all know David. Uh, David just sat there and just really flowed with the Holy Spirit. It was incredible what they did. It was miraculous what they did because they had never done it before. They didn't even know what soaking was. And they just, we had already decided. Let me just tell you this. This is the coolest thing. Because okay, I'm telling you where your foot goes. God will bring it. They couldn't, David called us and said, we can't get a, I can't get a band. Everything's falling apart on me for the night. And we, I just said, don't worry about it, man. Just don't worry about it. Forget it, man. This has got to be easy. If it's going to kill us, let's don't do it. You've done what you could do. Just relax about it. So I said, Becky, let's just get one of the soaking CDs, take it down there with us, and I've got this little thing I got that I copied this teaching, and I'll do this little teaching on soaking, and then we'll put that CD on and people can soak. That was my plan. Well, I get there, the guy with the keyboards, I said, well, the keyboard's there. What's going to happen? We didn't talk to nobody. And then David said, well, we're going to soak tonight. Oh, man. It was awesome. This guy gets up here and does this wonderful time of soaking like he knew what he was doing. <laughs> I was amazed. Literally, I laid on the floor for one hour. Finally, Becky said, you need to get up. It's been an hour. I said, an hour? It felt like five minutes to me. That's the way it felt. Like, I felt like I just laid down there. And it was, I got to get up you know, and do something here. So at the end, we talked to this guy. I gave the little teaching on soaking, which is a great teaching, by the way. It was wonderful because I was practicing on them, and when I was doing it, the Lord started giving, feeling, giving me revelation on it as I was going. So the scripture started coming to me. And, but we talked to the guy. I'm saying this to people who are tired of just going to church about music. Forget music. Who would want to go to church for music? I'm saying this. This guy said, what did he say? I got so frustrated with the band thing. That's what he said. He was blessed himself at how God used him, and he saw the possibility of something beyond just playing music. Now, listen to me. I'm not against me. I like music. I think music, good music is a good thing, and I think concerts are a great thing to do. I'm not against any of that. But I am saying I would like to see, I'd like us to have a greater vision than music. And then, oh, somebody can play the guitar good or sing good. I want to see us get into this river that affects the worship team where it ain't about the worship team. It's not about the person up there. It's not about the person preaching. It's about the Holy Spirit moving. That's what God wants to release. That's why He's saying this glassy sea with this fire on it. Now, I'm telling you about a vision of what we want to accomplish, what we want to see. That's what draws people into the presence of God. It's not good music. It's not good preaching. It's not good children's churches. It's not any of those things that the church has replaced with the living God. Amen. And allowed all that stuff to try to be the Holy Spirit for people when it ain't even the Holy Spirit. You can have the best preacher in the world and this church is not thirsty for God. They're just hearing good preaching. And it doesn't create a hunger and thirst. People don't change. And what we need is people in the church that get hungry and thirsty. If they don't get it by the preachers, they need to come on after the preachers. I'm hungry. You're going to have to do better than what you're doing. You're going to have to find some rivers. You're going to have to find something you ain't finding because you ain't satisfying the desire in me. There's more that God wants to give me. You hear what I'm saying to you? 
The church needs to put a demand on what's happening. You and I need to put a demand on the anointing, put in a demand on the presence of God. And if all we got is good music, and I love Andy, Andy's a great guy, and he does good with music, and I don't want him to come out here and play the guitar like, like I would, or sing like I would. I wouldn't want him doing it. But honest to God, if all he's got is his voice and the way he plays the guitar, just forget it, Andy. Go home. We'll get the CD out. <laughs> At least we can turn it off exactly when we want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andy's thinking about that about preaching. Bye, won't you shut up now? <laughs> I'm cutting, I'm in the off button on you, son. I'm trying to get you to see beyond what we've been seeing. This is what the river does. Then they appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. That was the Holy Spirit come on Pentecost. Fire came. That's Acts 2 there. Hebrews 12, 29. For our God is a consuming fire. All right, I'll end. Are y'all all right? Are y'all, are y'all just messed up out there? I messed up about this preaching. This is what Aaron Wicker said. I'm going to tell you what Aaron Wicker said about my preaching. He said, Dad, Mom put you to shame last week. Yeah. yeah, they like their mama better than me. I know that. Yeah, that's the way it works. They should. I don't blame them. I like her better than I do me. <laughs> but I will tell you this. Becky learned. I taught Becky how to preach. I did. I, this is what I told her. <laughs> this, is, this is payback time. This is what I told her. Becky, this is what you do. You preach it like you feel it. Okay? That's what you do. Now, if you feel quiet with it, you talk it quiet. You don't figure out. You just let it come out as it feels inside of you. Okay, so you may just get slam berserk crazy because you feel slam berserk crazy inside of you. You're not trying to be berserk crazy. You're not going to try to be quiet. You're just going to go with what's in you. That's how you do it. And that's how we all can do it. What's in you? Let it come as it is. Who cares what anybody thinks? You're not worried about what they think. All you're concerned about, this is what's coming out of me right now. This is the Spirit of God coming out of me. I'm going to let it be as it is. And if the Lord's saying, Byron, you're an airhead, well, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. God, I want to be full of your Holy Spirit air. I really, my, I want my brain to be full of your air. That's a good thing. Anyway, Revelations 1, 12 through 19. I'm going to finish here. Actually, it's 13 through 19. All right, in the midst of the seven lampstands, remember those lampstands, fires, the seven spirits of God, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, I'm tired. <laughs> and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and his hair were like white wool, or white like wool, wool, however you say that. As white as snow. That's easier. Snow. <laughs> and his eyes, listen to this, his eyes like a flame of fire. Now, when the Lord's eyes are on you, man, that's the fire. Get the fire. It's God's eyes. It's God's eyes being released in you. You know, God really wants to give people in here His eyes. He's looking for some eyeballs on this world. He could, but they're fire eyes, you know. I mean, I think that's awesome. You see what Revelation's full of? It's full of fire. That's the key. It's full of fire. Um, I don't forgot what I even said. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. So you may be looking in His eyes or a fire or kissing His feet that have been in the fire kissing his feet okay and this is really cool and his voice is the sound of what many waters so you see the river is 
as His voice. When, what we're talking about is when we say get in the river, get into His voice. That's what it says. His, his voice is like waters. Okay? Or she said it last week. The river is the Spirit. According to John seven thirty nine. the river is the Spirit and the Spirit is the river. You know, it's all, it's all God. It's God. This is what we're talking about. This is God. This is how God has chosen to reveal Himself to people. Okay? He had in His right hand seven stars, and out of His mouth went a two-edged sword. Well, we know what that is. And His countenance was like the sun shining. This is an awesome re- uh, um, revelation of the Lord. You know, so if we get to complain about the fire, we better be careful. <laughs> you know, we're complaining about Him. Sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, uh-oh, this is the problem. we got a problem in church. People on the floor. I fell at his dead, feet is dead. We ain't seen that yet. We haven't seen people get just knocked completely. I mean, uh, you know, in the first great awakening, they were knocked out for like 24 hours at a time. They'd just flat leave them. They would flat leave them knocked out on the floor. It's time to go home. We've been here for four hours. Y'all ain't getting up. We're headed home. You know, We'll lock the door. When you get up, you can figure out how to get out on your own. That was happening in America, in the United States. You know, in the Second Great Awakening, they were preaching, and they would, like 500 people at a time would get slain in the Spirit by Presbyterian preachers. I mean, we're talking Presbyterian preachers. They'd start preaching, and they said it would be like somebody unloaded the machine gun on the crowd. They'd just go, woo! And it was the Holy Spirit just woo! knocking them down. Now, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, push this. Because, I mean, as I said, y'all, I know that kind of stuff can be real distracting. I mean, that's why when I pray for people, I just tell them to lay down. Forget all the falling down. I don't want to be distracted with falling, but I do like the laying down thing because I find the Lord on the ground. You may not find Him on the ground. But I find Jesus a whole lot laying on the floor. For some reason, he likes to reveal himself to me. Maybe it's because I'm an airhead. You know? He just thinks, Byron, you ain't got good sense. You can just lay down here and we'll deal with you on the floor. Ken got it. You may be an airhead too, Ken. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. I'm joking around. Y'all, y'all can do whatever y'all want to with this. I'm just telling you, reading what the Bible says. But he, had his, but he laid his right hand on me. See, that's what the Lord wants to do. Touch people. Right? How would you like the Lord to lay His right hand on you? Touch! Right? That's a good thing. Don't be afraid. Somebody said that earlier. Don't be afraid. That means all in the Bible. It's incredible when you hear a testimony like that. It's coming right out of the Bible. But you see, it ain't coming out of the Bible you and I have read. Okay, and that's the truth, because we've read the Bible of a religious mind. So when we hear something like her testimony, she'd get thrown out of some places like that. I mean, they'd throw her out of church. They'd call the police on her. I mean, this person's crazy. They're crazy. You got my head cut open. You know, this fear was in there. I mean, they would put her in a saint asylum over that in some places. They really would. That tells you how far down the church has gone. Instead of seeing God in what they're saying, and she was saying, this fear thing had me. And the Lord's saying in the Bible, don't be afraid to a man laid on the floor dead. Think about what the Bible says. It don't say what you and I thought it did. It says something a lot better. (laughs) Then he said, I'm the first and the last. In other words, ain't nobody ahead of me, and I'm going to be the last one. I'm I'm getting the final say. And I'm telling you, the Lord's going to get the final say on the deal. And when he finally says, this is it, boys, this is the last comment made, it's the last one. As T.D. Jake said one time, when Jesus stands up to preach, every preacher in the world is going to sit out and shut up. 
And that's the day we're looking for. Is y'all show up? Here he comes! <laughs> I mean, that was great. I love that. Don't you love that? Oh, God, we want to hear you. We want to hear you, Lord. We want to hear you, Lord. We stand for nothing else. We want to hear you. And he also he said, Amen. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm the first and last. I am he who lives and was, big word, dead. And behold, I am alive forever. Yeah. And then he said, Amen. I mean, he was Amen in his own word. <laughs> That's how bold he is. He said something and said, Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And then he said, Oh, yeah. And by the way, by the way, I got the keys to death and hell. And I am saying to the church, that's what he's saying, I got these keys that I want to give somebody who's willing to get on fire and take that fire to this nation. I'm looking for a church to get on fire and be willing to take it to other people. That's the key. And when you go take it to other people, they're going to get on fire. That's what he wants to do. I mean, it's simple. It's crazy. He said to me, what you're doing... Okay, let me just show you. I know you're tired of me, but I want you to see this. I want you to get this in your mind. I was laying on the floor over there, and he said, what you're doing is important. This is important. I want this place on fire. This nation is not going to make it unless you and other places like you get on fire. That's what He wants. He wants to give you and me a burden for our country. He wants to give us a burden for our country. For a revival in our country. He wants us to ache for our nation. To ache for it and feel like, Lord, what are we going to do? And He's going to say, you've got to get the fire to them. Get on fire. That's what you're supposed to do unless you happen to be a politician. And then He would say, well, I like some politicians on fire too. Because you know, there's nothing wrong with being a politician. It's wrong when you're a politician and not following Christ. That's what he wants to do. It's simple, really. It's easy. It's him doing it. But he needs people who are willing to get on fire. That's what he needs. He wants us. It's important. It is. Now, Eric's saying that. He's my brother-in-law. but <laughs> It's good. Church on fire. Church on fire. Church on fire. Church on fire. That's what God wants to do. So, Matthew.